Welcome to HD Buzzcast, the official podcast of HD Buzz. Huntington's disease research news, written and spoken by scientists for the global HD community in plain language. My name is Ed Wilde and I'm in London. My name is Jeff Carroll. I'm in Bellingham, Washington. And on today's HD Buzzcast, we are going to be talking about the 2015 Huntington's Disease Therapeutics Conference. So this is an annual conference, which is run every year in around about February or March. It's organized by the CHDI Foundation, and it usually takes place in California, in Palm Springs. This year's conference was in February, and I would probably say that we would agree that it was one of the most exciting conferences, particularly in terms of drug development and exciting treatments, which will be ready for clinical trials either now or pretty soon. As the name would suggest, it's a therapeutics conference, so it's focused on therapies and drug treatments. So lots of different kinds of HD researchers from around the world attend the meeting, and it's one of the biggest meetings attended by scientists devoted to HD. But the focus is on research that could help or could lead to treatments for HD. So it's very focused on treatments, which is obviously why it produces a lot of exciting news. The conference organiser is the CHDI Foundation, This is a non-profit research foundation with the sole aim of accelerating the development of treatments for Huntington's disease. So it kind of stretches itself a bit like a drug company, but it's non-profit and it has only one purpose, which is producing drugs for HD. It doesn't have to worry about pleasing shareholders and it doesn't have to worry about making a profit. It has this focus on supporting and directing research that will help to develop drugs for HD. And this conference is one of the ways in which CHDI Foundation helps to do that. The reason we're releasing this podcast now is that we've been waiting for the release online of the videos of the presentations. So this conference was unusual in that all of the presentations were recorded and almost all of the speakers have agreed to have those videos posted online. This is actually very unusual at a conference where people are presenting data that haven't been published in the scientific literature and that's just happened so you can go online right now to chdifoundation.org forward slash 2015 hyphen conference or you can click through from chdifoundation.org to the 2015 therapeutics conference and there you'll find a menu of almost all of the presentations Almost all of them have video, and if they don't have video, you can at least read the text summary of the presentation. They're obviously very sciencey, and so what we're going to do is choose some of our highlights from the conference and talk about them briefly. And then if you want to, you can go and look at the videos online. You'll also find on the website of the CHDI Foundation that there's a video postcard from Charles Sabine. Charles, as you may know, is a friend of mine and Jeff's and an HD family member who spends his life nowadays advocating for HD families across the world. And one of the things he does is he produces this video postcard from the conference. So that's a great watch and that will help to highlight some of the exciting science from there as well. So... Jeff has chosen his highlights. I'm going to chip in from time to time, but Jeff, what would you say was your favorite thing from the meeting? I mean, my favorite thing from the meeting is always the feeling I come home with, which is like, it's probably hard for families who aren't there to understand, but the real feeling of excitement and the feeling of just how big of a scale the research is. You know, there's a lot of meetings and there's a lot of discussion among scientists. I think families might sometimes think, oh gosh, just another meeting, but that's not what this is about at all. This is about bringing therapies to patients. 
everyone at this meeting has that as their focus. Or if they don't, they sure leave with the realization that a lot of smart people do. My favorite thing is that feeling I leave with that, wow, you know, there's an incredible amount of research happening. It's not just one project or another. It's multiple shots on goal, as Robert Pacifici, the chief science officer of the CHGI Foundation, often says. So if one thing fails, it's not the end of the world. There's, you know, 10 other things coming up behind. I think it's still kind of the year or I guess the couple years of gene silencing. And so from a scientific point of view, when people say, well, what's your most hopeful thing that you see as a therapy coming down the pipeline for families? Personally, as a scientist and as an HD family member, I'm most excited about the idea of gene silencing. So just briefly for people who don't know, everyone who has Huntington's has inherited a mutated copy of the Huntington gene, as we call it, and usually one mutant copy and one normal copy. And this gene gets turned into a protein. That's what cells do with genes is they usually turn them into proteins to do stuff within cells or little molecular machines that do things in cells. And if it seems like all the bad stuff that happens in HD actually happens as a result of what that mutated protein is doing. So it's not having the bad DNA that makes you sick. It's the protein that gets made from that gene. And there's various ways of interfering with the process of getting a gene made into a protein. And we have some primers on HDBuzz if people want to read more about these varying technologies. It gets a little weedy, but we can just kind of skip over it and say there's different ways of attacking this problem. And the problem is basically stop that mutated gene from getting made into a protein. And then as far as we know, and we have really good animal evidence to suggest it's true, if you could stop that completely, you could stop all the bad effects that happen. And therefore, you could imagine that you could have a really serious impact on HD. Now, an important thing to realize is no technology is perfect, no drug is perfect, so it's unlikely that, you know, as clean of experiments have been done in animals are going to work in people, but nevertheless, the animal evidence leaves me very optimistic that there's not just one way of doing this gene silencing approach for HD, but in fact, there's three or four totally different technologies with different benefits, different costs, different restrictions, and some combination of them might ultimately lead to really effective therapies for HD. That's my hope. So what we saw at this meeting in particular, we saw a really fantastic talk from Frank Bennett, who is Senior Vice President of Research at Isis Pharmaceuticals, which is a biotechnology company in Carlsbad, California. And they have for a long time been developing something called antisense oligonucleotides or ASOs for HD. Now, these are small pieces of DNA and they go into cells and they stop the cell from making the Huntington protein. And ISIS has a lot of clinical experience. They've dosed thousands of patients with various diseases. And Frank described the advancement of their development for antisense oligonucleotides, which I'll just call ASOs from now on, ASOs targeting Huntington. Their work is very advanced. Frank showed a range of data from non-human primates, that is monkeys, and people only testing in monkeys when they're very close to testing in people. That's very exciting. Really exciting to me, Frank also showed data ISIS has deployed these drugs, not targeting Huntington, but with other targets in other diseases. So Frank talked about their work in a horrible genetic disease called spinal muscular atrophy, where they've been dosing humans that have SMA. And the method of administration is fairly similar to what would happen in humans with Huntington's, although in SMA, it's small children. So really exciting progress on the ISIS front. And it seems likely that their aspiration to launch a phase one human clinical trial in 2015 will happen. To me, that's huge. So that was complemented by an okay talk by an investigator from University College London, some guy named Ed Wild. And Ed has been working, for those who don't know, when he's not doing HD Buzz, he's a real neurologist and a real scientist. I've heard of him. 
He's pretty sexy. And he's been working on a cool new technique to measure the levels of Huntington in the place where we'll need to measure it. So what I mean is if ISIS tackles trying to silence Huntington in the brain, or anybody does, there's other approaches I'll talk about in a second, how will we know it worked? You know, you don't want to go just stick needles into people's brains and grab bits of tissue to measure anything. And one approach has been, well, maybe if we could sample the cerebral spinal fluid, which is the fluid in which your brain kind of floats and it circulates throughout your brain and your spinal cord. If we could sample this fluid, maybe we could sort of sample what's going on in the cells in the brain. And that was kind of a crazy idea, but in fact, it looks really great. And it turns out to have worked better, I think, than a lot of people would have thought in that Ed and his colleagues, Andreas Weiss and others from CHDI, including Doug McDonald, were able to, as a team, collect cerebral spinal fluid from people with HD and people carrying HD mutations, but not yet sick. And they could measure the mutant form of the protein in the cerebral spinal fluid. Now, that's really cool because if now we go and we silence Huntington, we might think that that signal would go down. And it gives us a nice way, rather than waiting years to see if the drug worked, it gives us a much more actionable and quick way to see if the drugs are working. So it's sort of a technology development in parallel with figuring out the silencing stuff. Now we have this new tool for actually seeing if it worked. There was another presentation from a company called Sangamo. So Sangamo has this really exciting approach where they, instead of interfering with the protein being made, they stop the gene from ever being expressed, as we say, or used. And so they sort of, right at the root, stop the production of the mutant Huntington gene. So a totally different way of attacking the problem, different technology, different delivery, different benefits and costs, but another exciting way to try to tackle this problem. And I'll say a final thing, the CHDI Foundation that's developed this huge amount of data with you know, incredible resources they're expending towards Huntington's, and sometimes scientists have said, well, why can't we see that data? Let's all share this data on you know, whether it be different mouse models of the disease or different kinds of screens that have been done for pharmaceutical companies. And we saw the unveiling of a really cool effort at this meeting, which they're calling HD and HD. Jim Rosinski of CHDI Foundation gave an overview of their effort to sort of take CHDI's data and put it out before anyone even has a chance to describe it and write a paper, which is the normal course of things. So we're seeing people actually start to walk the walk when it comes to sharing data letting other people take a crack at analysis, and that's a really exciting thing to see. And that's a pretty cool name, HD in HD, so Huntington's disease in high definition, in case anyone hadn't figured that out. It's a nice idea. So how about you, Ed? What was your highlights? I agree that for me it was hearing about the different approaches, the different flavors of gene silencing. I'm going to be involved in the clinical trial by ISIS, so I can't, you know, to avoid a conflict of interest, I won't comment directly on that. What I'll say about my own presentation, which I'm glad you enjoyed, is that I was aware it was going to be videoed and that it would be made available online. So I tried to make it at least as entertaining and as understandable as I could to present it to the scientific audience in the room, but so that it would also make some sense to people who are watching who are not scientists. For me, one very exciting bit of news was from Lisa Stanek from a company called Genzyme. Unfortunately, the video is not available online because she actually presented some really cutting edge data that's not yet suitable for publication on the internet. But the summary of her presentation is online. And basically, Genzyme is another company that's been working along with CHDI on a different flavor of gene silencing. So this is one of the ones that hopes to target the brain directly. So this is a drug that will be injected directly into the brain so instead of going indirectly in through the spinal fluid, so that has the potential to 
target directly the areas of the brain that we're most interested in helping. But one downside of that is that once those drugs are injected, they don't spread very far through the brain. So one solution to that has been to package them into little viruses. So you take out the bad stuff from a virus, but you put in the good stuff, a recipe for making the drug, you inject the virus, and then you hope that the natural behavior of the virus, which is to spread, will enable that drug to be delivered or produced in as many bits of the brain as possible. So not only the bit you target, but also hopefully further afield. Now, injecting viruses into the brain is in its infancy in terms of a means of delivering drugs, but it looks like Genzyme's made some really nice leaps forward in that they are able to inject the deep structures of the brain, but then using this particular flavor of virus that they've developed, they were able to show that the drug actually spread up into the cortex, which is the crinkly surface of the brain. And that combination of deep brain structures and cortex would be a really appealing combination if you could make a drug reach those areas. This delivery problem is one of the big things that we need to solve collectively as a scientific community if we're going to move these gene silencing approaches on as much as possible. And to my mind, that presentation from Lisa Stanek was really encouraging just to show that this is stuff that we can get better at and that by using new ideas and by really pursuing these goals we can make progress year on year so that was great and I have to say not to be too much of a suck up but Jeff Carroll's presentation at the beginning which was not a scientific presentation but really it was referred to as a keynote and at the beginning of each of these therapeutic conferences there's a keynote presentation usually from an HD family member Jeff's was a bit different because Jeff is not only a family member and an HD mutation carrier, but also an HD scientist, as you probably know if you're listening to this. So I would let it speak for itself. But as a means of motivating a room full of scientists and also motivating a global community of family members who would be watching online, I would say that Jeff's keynote presentation, which is available on the CHDI website, was a very effective way of getting things going. So you've patted my back, I'm patting yours. Good job, Jeff. Okay, Ed, this sounds great. There's all of these gene silencing efforts happening, some of which are moving you know, more quickly towards humans. As we said, the aspiration of ISIS is to start a very small safety study of these antisense drugs this year. And there's these things that are a bit further back yet, but also look very promising. And as folks who read Buzz will know, these are not the only trials happening right now. There were folks from Teva at this meeting, a lot of folks, and they're running trials right now with not one, but two HD drugs in large trials. And a large trial from Pfizer, folks from Pfizer was also this meeting. So there's a lot of stuff happening. So that's great. But like, how do people get involved? Like, what should people do if they want to be engaged in all this research that's happening, Ed? So I would say, and I'm someone who's currently involved in the setup and running of three clinical trials in London. I think it's important for people to understand that drugs are not found. We're not going to find treatments or cures for Huntington's disease. And that's because we develop them. We make them. We make them happen. We don't find them, you know, like a coin down the back of the furniture. We make them happen. And when I say we, I don't mean scientists. I mean, it's the scientist's job to come up with the drugs. But the way we turn an idea into a treatment that can help real people is by testing them. And that requires a cooperative effort. So when I say we develop drugs, I mean scientists and HD family members together. So this idea of waiting for the drugs to happen, you can do that if you want. And hopefully they will happen at some point, but they will happen more quickly, definitely, if 
more family members take part in trials. And that means finding out what trials are going on near you, talking to the researchers and clinicians that are running those trials, and then taking part in those trials if you can. There are a number of ways of finding out what trials are happening. And the limiting factor is recruitment. So the fastest that a trial could run would be something like 18 months from start to finish. What makes trials run longer than that is delays in recruitment. So if a particular site doesn't have enough people coming forward to volunteer for trials, that's what makes the trials take longer and that's what delays them. It's not that the researchers or the drug companies are being inefficient, it's that you can't finish the trial until you have everyone enrolled in it. So recruitment is a big thing. There are ways of finding out what trials are available near you. The HDSA, the Huntington's Disease Society of America, has just launched this great tool online. If you go to their website, hdsa.org, and click Enroll in a Clinical Trial, it'll take you through to this awesome site called HD Trial Finder. So this is a clinical trial matching service, and what you do is you sign up for a profile. You have to give very little information. It's all secure and kept confidential, but it'll ask you a series of very easy-to-answer questions, and then based on your answers, it will tell you what trials are happening in your area that you might be eligible for. Now, this doesn't sign you up for any trials, but it puts you in touch with exactly what's going on and exactly what you might be able to volunteer for so that you don't have to go through the process of doing too much Googling to figure out what's happening and which numbers to call in order to sign up for those trials. So hdsa.org and click Enroll in a Clinical Trial. I know that that only covers the United States of America, but I know that the Huntington Society of Canada and also the European HD Network both have either online tools or will be able to help you in person if you just shoot them an email and say, here's where I am, this is my situation, how do I get involved in trials? And the basic answer is, it's usually through an HD clinic at a centre of excellence or an HD multidisciplinary clinic. So a big thing though is like, A lot of people will may be interested in trials, but they don't have symptoms of HD or they don't meet the particular inclusion criteria for particular trials. And that enthusiasm mustn't go to waste. So if you are interested in trials, but you find out that there aren't any that you can take part in straight away, I think there are two things you can do. The first is be a wingman. Be someone who helps someone else to take part in trials. And that could be a family member or a friend or someone from a local support group or your local clinic may even have like a buddy scheme or the HDSA may be able to hook you up with someone else because it can be really helpful to someone who's taking part in a trial if they have a friend with an interest in that trial succeeding who can help them with things like transport to appointments, remembering to take the drugs, remembering to fill in the diaries, you know, Being a wingman, that's what trial participants need. And a lot of trials will insist that the person has a wingman, a trial partner, they call it, and it doesn't have to be a relative. So some people may find that they can't take part in those trials because their partner's working or they're single. So maybe you could be a buddy to someone who wants to take part in a clinical trial, and that would be an incredible boost if you could do that. The other thing you can do if you're not suitable for any trials right now is sign up for Enroll HD, which is a global study that aims to enroll as many people as possible from HD families. Ask them some basic questions, do some basic thinking tests, a single blood test, and then you've given your data for Enroll. And it will be repeated after a year, and it's a study that aims to find out about HD by studying people who are from HD families. Now, some people don't know that for Enroll HD, you don't actually have to have a genetic test for HD in order to take part. So if you've had a positive test or a negative test, or if you haven't been tested at all, you can still take part in Enroll HD and you'll never be told, 
your gene status if you don't want to know what it is. And Enroll HD will also be used in the future as a way of identifying people quickly who might be suitable for clinical trials. So by taking part in Enroll HD, you get a head start when the next trial comes along that you might be suitable for. So if you're interested, check out the HD Trial Finder or your local Huntington's Disease Society for information about trials. If you are suitable for trials, think about taking part. If you're not, then the two things would be be a wingman, find someone to help take part in trials, and take part in Enroll HD. And from my point of view, as someone running clinical trials, that's what the HD community can do to make these drugs happen more quickly. That's great. It's a really exciting time. I mean, not just to see the basic science at meetings like CHDI, but to see the actual development of these clinical networks like Enroll and all the other sites where these trials are happening. It's a really exciting time. So check out those videos on the website. Those of you who want a little deeper science can get all the science you want. And stay tuned to HD Buzz for some really exciting stories coming down the pipe.